Welcome to the Christ Community Church Podcast. This teaching was recorded live during our weekend service in St. Charles, Illinois. We invite you to join us in person any weekend in St. Charles, DeKalb, Aurora, or Streamwood. Learn more at ccclife.org. And now, enjoy the message. Well, let, me, let me start with a question for you. How are you feeling and why? And let me broaden the question out a bit. How, what has been the predominant feeling or emotion for you over the last several months and why? And I'm not asking a thinking question. I'm not asking what, what have you been thinking about, what's been dominating your thought life. I'm not asking a thinking question. I'm asking a feeling question. How have you been feeling over the last several months and why? Uh, a lot of us are, are better in the thinking category than we are the emotion and feeling category. So let me help you with some emojis here. If, if you're having a hard time identifying one, um, for some of you, these are called emotions, and we have them, um, and they're a big part of our life. Well, how have you been feeling and why? Uh, this message this weekend, it's not here. It's here. Here. As we look at Psalm 84, it's not so much dissecting it and learning new thoughts as much as it is heart stuff, soul stuff, innermost being stuff. I wonder if for the time we have exploring God's word, if you would engage this text with some gut level honesty. How have you been feeling and why? Now, here's what we're going to do. As we look at Psalm 84, we're going to read the psalm. It's only 12 verses, and I've actually edited out verses 8 and 9 uh, because verses 8 and 9 in this psalm are a prayer for the king, uh, but those two verses are kind of inserted and separate from the topic of the rest of the psalm. And so uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you read the psalm. I'm not going to read it for you because I'm going to ask you to do this. It's kind of like in the Highlights magazine where it says, find the 10 hidden garden tools in this picture. Uh, This is, I want you to see if you can find the emotion in this psalm. What is the psalmist feeling and why? Okay, it's not necessarily an easy question, but I'm going to ask you to look for it. I'm going to have you read, I'm going to put the text on the screen here in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to just read it quietly where you're seated. I'll kind of pace it. Um, so that we get through all, all 12 verses. I'm not going to read it for you because if I read it, the inflection I use to read it will skew your ability to uh, try to locate the emotion in this psalm. And I'm not even going to give you any background music to read it because music always has emotion. Um, and so I'm not even going to do that. So if you don't like uh, silence or quiet, this might be an awkward minute or so for you. But uh, here we go. We're going to put Psalm 84 on the screen. Uh, let's read this. And once again, you're, you're asking the question, what is the psalmist feeling and why? And I'll go ahead and cue them to, to move on. Next verse. Next verse.
So we have read Psalm 84, and we say together, this is the word of the Lord. The, the question we're asking is, what is the psalmist feeling and why? And we'll answer that in just a moment, but let me ask you this question. Have you ever gone to the refrigerator or your pantry, and you're looking for a snack, but you're not quite sure what you want, and so maybe you, you find something salty, and you go, mm, no, that's not it, right? And then you move to something sweet, and you eat that, and you go, mm, no, that's not it. And then maybe the next thing is, is a bowl of cereal. Snacking sometimes is an exploration of trying to find what will satisfy. Um, or the pandemic has done this to us a bit. There has been rampant dissatisfaction, and so we've been scrambling to try to find that which will satisfy. Did you know that pandemic dogs are a thing? Like that pet purchases and pet adoptions went significantly up during the pandemic? Um, or how about this? Uh, another thing that is up is home exercise equipment, aka overpriced laundry hangers. Um, or uh, day drinking is way up, we, we know that is, is happening. TVs and Nintendo Switches skyrocketed, skyrocketed in sales. Uh, another thing that went way up during the pandemic, we've been sitting in our homes looking around and we're dissatisfied with our houses and so home renovations have gone uh, way up. Um, or this one, online shopping. I feel like my family personally owes our Amazon delivery person an apology. That poor woman is on our front porch, I think, three times a day. I don't even know how that's possible. But the pandemic has had us scrambling, trying to figure out what, what is a cure for our dissatisfaction. And so I, I say this as we explore Psalm 84 today, as long as you keep asking what will satisfy, you will never be satisfied. So we're going to look at, at Psalm 84 now and, and walk through it, and I, I just want to give you kind of the cheat code on this psalm. The person that wrote this psalm wants to be at the temple, and he can't. For whatever reason, he can't be there, can't get there, and this psalmist is longing to be there. There is a desperation, a desire to be at the temple, and it starts like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry for the living God. The psalmist is thinking about wanting to be at the temple. Because the temple is where the God activity happens. The, the temple was where God's presence was dwelling in a unique and special way. And it's important to distinguish the difference between the temple and God's presence. The psalmist wants to be at the temple not because of the temple. The psalmist wants to be at the temple because that's where God's presence is. The, the psalmist isn't writing this psalm thinking, oh, I love that building. I want to be in that building. That building is so beautiful. The psalmist is thinking about being at the temple because that's where God activity happens. That's where God's presence is. And he's saying, I want to be there. How lovely it is to be in the presence of of God. And it's not the building, it's the presence of God that makes it special. Uh, we, we get a glimpse of this in Acts chapter 7. The Lord says, I'm the Lord Almighty. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. I do not live in houses made by human hands. Now, it is true that God's presence God may choose to have his presence dwell in a particular place, but God is saying, you cannot contain me by building a house. So, he's, so we, we already get the idea that it's not about the building 
uh, or, or this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that says, do you not know that those of you who have surrendered your lives to Jesus Christ, that you collectively are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that when we are gathered, we collectively are the temple in which God's unique presence dwells. God's presence. God's presence. There are moments in my life that I can remember uniquely experiencing the presence of God. I'll give you one from when I'm younger so that those of you that are younger, teenage, young adults, you can have an imagination of what it's like to be in God's presence and desire it more. So I'm at a retreat. And there's worship going on. I'm probably 16 years old or so. And people are singing a worship song at this retreat. And God's presence is there. And God speaks to me, and it not speaks to me like I, I heard it, but spoke to me here. You know, when God speaks and you're in his presence, and it's, it's in here, and God says to me, Eric, I love you. And I just start weeping. I mean, like, gross face, snot on my shirt, weeping in the presence of God. And I ask the question, why? And he says, I just do. It was his way of saying, there's nothing you have to do. You don't have to earn it. You're mine. I made you. I love you. In God's presence. In God's presence. And it wasn't, I promise it wasn't the retreat center. It wasn't about the building, right? Retreat centers are normally old, musty buildings. There's nothing particularly special about the retreat center. It wasn't the building. It was the presence of God that made that place special. Likewise, I would say there's nothing particularly special about our five church campuses. Nothing particularly special about the property. Nothing particularly special about the buildings. But God's presence. God's presence. I think part of what has happened during the pandemic even though we know something in our mind, we've forgotten that it's about God's presence. We say, oh, yeah, you don't have to drive to the church campus. You don't have to drive to the building. It's not about the campus. It's not about the building. And I would say yes and amen to all of that. It's not about just even going to church. It's about believers in Jesus gathering. And when we do, there we have God's presence. Now, the, the online service has been a nice, like when we were all locked down in our houses, it was, the creative arts team did a wonderful job providing a way for us to worship and hear God's word preached. But I think we also all kind of knew in the back of our minds, this isn't the same. And we may not have been able to put our finger on it, but you know what it is? It's God's presence when, when God's people gather in a place. It's not the place. It's his presence. Uh, I was talking last weekend with a woman in our church and she said, and I quote, I would wear a hazmat suit to be here. And she was um, in some ways uh, a bit perplexed at folks that are still mad about masks and are saying, well, I'm not going back to church until they make rules that I like about masks. Okay. Meanwhile, we have women serving in our church that are saying, I'd wear a hazmat suit to be here, to be around God's people, to be serving our kids, the fellowship of being with one another, the prayers that are prayed, the conversations that are had, to experience God's presence. I'd wear a hazmat suit to be here. 
Or, or a man in our church who I love, I have laughed with this guy, I have argued with this guy, a wonderful brother in Christ, um, who the whole time, his opinion on masks was, this is ridiculous. Okay, now everyone's had their opinion on masks. He's here every Wednesday with his mask on, serving children. Here every weekend, serving in kids' world. And so, because he has a good sense of humor, every weekend he'd be here serving with his disposable mask on and writes on the mask, I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know why I think that's funny? Because that brother was here. Giving his time, being with God's people, serving the church, being a good example to other men, having a good sense of humor about it, and not letting his opinions on mask rules deter him from saying, I want to be in the presence of God. Moving on, verses 3 and 4. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my God and my King, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Uh, this is uh, interesting. So the, the psalmist is saying, I, I so desperately want to be at the temple because the temple is where God's presence is. And then he's thinking like, gosh, there's stupid birds that get to be there all the time. Sparrows are building their nests in the crevices of this remarkable place, and they get to be there all the time, and they don't even know how good they have it. These lowly birds get to be in this remarkable place, and they have no idea where they are. Finish this thought for me. Don't know what you got till... Don't know what you got till it's gone. Maybe in a lot of ways that's true of God's church. We treated with triviality and a bit of flippancy the gathering of believers together and didn't really understand what it was doing for us to be together, to be in God's presence, the strength that comes from it, hearing God speak to us, uh, all of the things that God does in his presence, and we didn't realize what we had until it went away for a while. And now all of a sudden we're kind of in recalibration mode and I think once again appreciating the gathering of God's people and experiencing the presence of God. So let me ask you a question. When is the last time that you personally experienced the presence of God? Not in some generic God is everywhere kind of way. I mean Experiencing the presence of God in a manifest God is here kind of way. In this moment, God is here with me. Do you find yourself perpetually tired or sad or angry, depressed, spiraling, frustrated, lonely, dissatisfied, it's like a cold drink of water when you didn't know how thirsty you were. It's God's presence. And so I say again, as long as you keep asking what will satisfy, you'll never be satisfied. Moving on to verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. 
They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So the psalmist is now saying, blessed are those whose heart are set on pilgrimage. The people that are saying, I'm going to get there. I'm going to make my way to the temple. I'm going to make my way to God's presence. Blessed is the person whose heart is set on pilgrimage. I'm going to learn how to spend time with God in prayer. I'm going to learn how to spend time with God in his word. I'm going to be around other believers because collectively we are the temple. I'm going to make an effort to go to that place, the church campus, because that is a place, not the only place, but it is a place that God activity happens. You know, the, the, whole, the whole act of coming to church is part of the blessing. Now, I, I want to differentiate here just for a moment um, the difference between being the church, which is way more important than just going to church and filling a seat on a weekend, right? We understand the difference. But that is not to say that going to church is unimportant. I think, I think a lot of us have fallen in, eh, that's just kind of a take it or leave it kind of thing, right? Like that's the optional part of Christianity? No, 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 no. Blessed are the ones whose hearts are set on pilgrimage to say, I will get to that place because that is where the presence of God is. And the whole act of coming is part of the blessing. It's not just the hour or so you spend in the church auditorium. It's not just whether or not you happen to like that week's worship set or not. It's not just whether or not that particular preacher that weekend was entertaining or could keep your attention. It's not just the 60 or 70 minutes in the room. It's the whole act of saying, God, I'm pressing pause right now on the, on the rhythm of what's going on in my life. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to put on some clothes. I'm going to get my family in the car, and I'm going to drive to a place. And we're going to probably argue on the way to that place. Then we're going to put on a smile. We're going to go in that building. Blessed are the ones whose hearts are set determined. This is about human will, intentionality to say, I'm not just going to go along with culture. I'm not just going to be passive. I'm not just going to do whatever feels comfortable. I'm going to set my heart on getting to a place where God's people are and God's presence is because that is the blessed life. We don't get to do whatever the heck we want to do and then somehow expect that God is magically going to bless it. God has told us what he blesses and what he doesn't. Blessed is the one whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca. That is the, on the way to the temple. Tough part of the journey. Dry. Desert. Not fun. It's the part of the journey where you ask yourself, how long is this going to last? Sound like COVID to anybody? How long is this going to last? And as you walk through the valley of Baca, it goes on to say, they make it a place of springs. They make it a place of springs. In a dry and difficult place, it is the person whose heart is set on pilgrimage that says, I'm going to make something out of this. 
I'm not just going to sit back and complain and grumble and say, woe is me. My heart is set on pilgrimage. I'm going to get to the presence of God, and so I'm going to make springs here. This is the kind of person that when life gives them lemons, they make lemonade. This is the kind of person you want to be around. This is a person who has some willpower, some intention to say, yeah, yeah, the circumstances are they're terrible. But I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on. And then the next line says, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. Listen, if you're walking through a dry desert kind of place on your journey, and there are pools of water being rained down, that's not you. That's God. That is God's intervention, doing what only God can do. And when you combine the intentionality, the cooperation of a human being that says, I will find a way to get to the presence of God, and then you combine that with the miraculous intervention of God's presence. When human cooperation and God's sovereign will intersect, you have a powerful, beautiful, joyful life. You can clap for that. If one person claps, everybody claps. And then verse 7. They go from strength to strength. They go from strength to strength until they reach their destination. That seems odd. Normally, as you're on a journey, you get weaker and weaker. Strength to strength. They're getting stronger and stronger as they get closer and closer. Has that been your experience lately? Or are you tired and worn down at the end of your rope? God has something better for us than being worn down and going from weak to weaker. We can go from strength to strength. We can be getting stronger and stronger. In the New Testament of our Bibles... It talks about going from glory to glory. It's the same idea that when, when we experience God's presence, he does something in us and we go from strength to strength, getting stronger and stronger as we go through this journey of life. What enables us to go from strength to strength? God's presence. Another question for you. When I say things like that, going from strength to strength, or the Christian life being from glory to glory, does it seem like that might be for other people but not for you? I would say again, as long as you keep asking what will satisfy, you'll never be satisfied. Verse 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Verse 10, better, better than, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your presence. Listen, there is a lot of good stuff out there and a lot of good places to go on this planet. Better. Better than any of it. thousand times better. It's God's presence. He says, I'd, I'd rather be a doorkeeper there than be in the most re remarkable places all over the planet. I'd, I'd rather just be a doorkeeper. Nothing special about being a doorkeeper. 
Except what he's thinking is, but as long, if I'm even just a doorkeeper, I'm around God's people, I'm around God activity, I'm in God's presence. I'd rather be a doorkeeper there, nothing special, than be anywhere else, doing anything else, experiencing anything else. There's a lot of great stuff in our world to enjoy. Stuff and places, all for our enjoyment. Enjoy them, like them. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm simply pointing out that that stuff, in comparison to the presence of God, it's not even a real comparison to be drawn. A lot of great stuff out there. That's why in the New Testament in Matthew it says, what good is it? What good is it if a person would gain the whole world but forfeit their soul. That's why I join my heart with another psalmist, the, the, the person that wrote Psalm 73. He says, God, who, who in heaven besides you do I have? Or he looks around the earth and says, what on earth would I possibly desire more than you, knowing you, being in your presence, or, or I join my heart with the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 where he says, I consider everything else garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Here's what Paul was saying. He had a pedigree. He had an education. He had an upbringing. He had a status. There was all kinds of things that Paul could say that I, I am something and my thoughts and my opinions are something and you should listen to me. I am something. And he says, all of it. I consider all of it garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus, of being in God's presence. We spent 14 months puffing our chests, saying we're important, you should listen to my opinion. My opinion matters. If you want to know my official pastoral viewpoint on anyone's mask opinion, it's this. It's garbage. Compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, it's rubbish. It's garbage. Our opinions don't matter. My opinion on masks doesn't matter. It's all garbage. I just want to be in God's presence. I want to be living the kind of life that he created me to live. And then verse 11 explains to us why God's presence is so good. God's presence is so good because he is so good. God's presence is so good because he is so good. The Lord God is a sun and shield, bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold. Sun, warmth. Sun, light. Light allows you to see things for what they really are. God is truth. God tells us the truth. When we are confused, when we don't know where to find truth, when everything is confusing and murky and ambiguous, God is true. God tells us the truth. He is sun. He brings warmth and light to our lives. He brings light to a dark and confused world. God is sun. And he's a shield. Brings protection to our lives. In God's presence, there is his favor. God is for us, not against us. 
his favor. He is for you. He is not against you. And honor. brings In God's presence, we find honor. Honor is the opposite of shame. We can bring our shame into the presence of God and we can walk out with honor because in God's presence, we can find forgiveness, we can find cleansing, we can find redemption, we can find restoration, we can find healing, we can bring our shame into God's presence and we can walk out with honor. The Lord our God is sun and shield, brings favor and honor and listen, no good thing does he withhold. No good thing does he withhold. The New Testament says he is a good father that knows how to give good gifts to his children. All of that in God's presence. And so I say again, as long as you keep asking what will satisfy, you'll never be satisfied. As long as you keep asking what will satisfy, you'll never be satisfied. Why? Because what you're looking for, what truly satisfies, isn't a what. It's a where. It's not what do I need to get. It's where do I need to be. I don't need to get my way. I need to make my way into God's presence. Followers of Jesus, at some point, we have to say enough is enough. COVID has given us its best shot, and we staggered a bit. American society has been screaming. And we've been distracted a bit. But now it's time. It's time to get back to God's presence so we can get back on mission, so that we can be like the original disciples who were ordinary and uneducated men, but people took note that they had been with Jesus. They changed the world, they changed their cultures. It's time that we stop being so concerned on whether or not it's time to tear up our masks and we'd be more concerned that when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain in that temple tore from top to bottom, giving us access to the presence of God. Christians are people of God's presence. And if we don't have God's presence, we don't have anything. I'm going to ask you to stand at, in all of our auditoriums across all of our campuses as our worship teams get ready to lead us in one final song. And as we spend a few more minutes together, I, I would simply say this. As the worship team leads this next song, some of you need to sing this next song. Some of you need to not sing this next song. Some of you just need to allow the singing to be happening because right now God's spirit is stirring something inside of you and you need to do some business with God. And so as we're singing this song, maybe you sit, maybe you kneel, you find a place in the room and you just lock yourself away with the Lord and you do some business. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I trust the spirit of God is at work speaking and doing things on the inside of us.
And so I'm going to pray, and when I say amen, the worship teams are going to take over. So, Lord, here we are in your presence, wanting to join our hearts with the heart of the psalmist, who desperately wants to be in your presence. And Lord, we have, we have settled for all kinds of stuff. We've looked for all kinds of stuff. We've been here, there, and everywhere. And we've been reminded again today that it's in your presence. It's in your presence that we find favor and honor. You are a sun and shield. You are a good God who withholds no good thing. And we thank you for it. And so we just spend a few more moments together in your presence right now. Amen.